Let's foray into Nevada's wild spaces. This is a half an hour adventure with the Nevada Department of Wildlife. This is Nevada Wild. Here on this Welcome to Nevada Wild, brought to you by the Nevada Department of Wildlife. I'm Ashley Sanchez, joined by your co-host, as usual, Aaron Keller. And today we have a crowded podcast room. I know you guys can't see it, but we have quite a crowd in here. Um, We have Russell Coleman and David Goff and Kyle Davis, all with backcountry hunters and anglers. Thank you guys for being here. Yeah, thanks for having us. I know this was a a long time coming, so excited to be here finally. It is. I think we started our talks of getting you in on a podcast maybe a year ago. No, or I I can never keep track of it. I think it was October for sure. Okay, yeah. So it's been a couple months. Last year. Oh, October of last year. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? But anyways, it's long overdue. We're happy to have you guys here. So could I want to get into what backcountry hunters and anglers is exactly, but first, could you each explain your role within the group? Yeah. uh, My name is Russell Coleman. I am the BHA chapter coordinator for Nevada, but also California. Uh, I'm based in California right now, but oversee both state chapters and i am a full-time staff for backcountry hunters and anglers and i i guess the the easiest job description for myself would be i am the liaison between our volunteer staff in state and our headquartered staff in missoula montana gotcha very cool my name is david goff i'm currently serving as the um, chairman for the board of directors for the nevada chapter of bha um, and I guess my kind of um, role for the for the group is to uh, the day-to-day direction of the Nevada chapter. Okay. My name is Kyle Davis, um, and I've been on the uh, board for the local ch- chapter in Nevada a while now, about six, seven years. Um, and on the board, I serve as the uh, treasurer, um, but I'm also somebody that dives in a lot on the um, the policy and advocacy parts of the organization, which is a big part of the overall mission. Okay, yeah, and our mission, both of our agency, our mission aligns with yours, I feel like, so that's why it was important to get you guys in here. And let's get into what exactly is your group. Awesome, yeah, so Backcountry Hunters and Anglers was founded in 2004 in Oregon around a campfire in Mike Beagle's backyard. That's a good place for a group to get started. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. Around a campfire, uh, you can solve a lot of problems that way. But really, how we were formed, we, uh, well, that group, sitting around that campfire, saw all these great organizations like the National Wild Turkey Federation and the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, but they're very species-specific, and no one was really speaking out for access to public lands in order to pursue, pursue those animals. And they decided that they're going to form a an organization dedicated to protecting public lands for hunting, fishing, and outdoor recreation. And that spread, uh, to use a, a pretty cheesy metaphor, like a wildfire. <laughs> and it's really taken off. And we've grown, doubled our, our membership ever since then. Uh, obviously, the first state chapters were Oregon, Montana, some of the states that you would think Right now we have 45 state chapters, including New England, 
Tennessee, all throughout the, the South and all throughout the East. And then we actually brought on three Canadian provinces, the Yukon, the British Columbia, and Alberta are also part of BHA now uh, throughout uh, Canada. Wow, I didn't realize how big it was. Yeah. I uh, it went to Canada. Right now we are sitting just shy of 40,000 members. And I think in 2015, where we're still around about 7,000 members. So it's grown that fast, that quickly. Wow. And so how do you become a member and what exactly do members, what do you do as a member? That's the, I think the attractive draw for a lot of people who join BHA is your membership is whatever you want to make out of it. Uh, right now, our membership is $25 for the year, but it's going to bump up here to $35 starting February 1st. But we have three-year memberships, family memberships. Our student memberships are $15. And we have life memberships where you get some pretty awesome prizes from our various sponsors uh, when you do sign up for that lifetime membership. But if you just want to pay your annual due and know that that money is going to protecting public lands in order for you to hunt, fish, and recreate on, that's 100% fine and acceptable but if you want to jump in and get your hands dirty you can be you know like david here a, a chair within a state chapter you can start your own state chapter if it's in one of the five states that we don't have or if you're a canadian citizen and want to start a, a province chapter and you know if you want to just do public land cleanups and clean up some shooting ranges we'll offer that opportunity or if you want to dive into more policy-oriented missions, we have that opportunity for you also. Very cool. So like you said, it's really what you make out of your membership. But uh, either way, it's going to something. Absolutely. Uh, some of our volunteers at the end of the 2019 had to turn in their volunteer hours, and there were some volunteers that hit that 500-hour mark wow. uh, this year. So there's very passionate people within our organization. And if you're passionate about public lands, hunting, and fishing, definitely recommend checking it out. Very cool. And since we are here in Nevada, mm -hmm. the best way for people probably listening to this podcast is to get involved in the Nevada chapter. So, David, how would they? How would people get involved? Would they reach out to you? Reach out to me. Uh, you can contact us, uh, contact us through Facebook. Uh, Nevada chapter Hunters Anglers has a Facebook group. Um, our Instagram handle is Backcountry Hunters NV can reach out to us there or just send an email to um, Nevada at backcountryhunters.org or just sign up for a membership and all the communications will be taken care of. So, okay. And it's all about raising money to go to our public lands. Would you say that's correct? That's, yeah, partially correct. And some of it is also, um, we are an advocacy group for public lands, waters, and wildlife. Um, so, you know, stepping up when, when it counts at, you know, commission meetings in the legislature, so on and so forth. Um, that's extremely important. Um, lost my train of thought now. No, you can't. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> no uh, I think, I think uh, the goals of, of backcountry and anglers are very, very pure, right? They're hunting, fishing, outdoors, public access, having a good time, mm -hmm. rallying with your friends and your buddies and things like that. That's what I kind of get out of it. And I think that's probably why it's been so popular yeah. and grown so fast mm -hmm. is that it's not just – elk and it's not just turkeys and it's not it's oh. everything right everything yep 
and our you know another way not everyone wants to be involved in helping run social media or writing a newsletter or breaking down BLM or Forest Service um, you know policy statements or writing drafts or anything so one of our uh, goals has been to put volunteers on the ground um, we had several last year probably the um, the most notable one might have been the project uh, over in Table Mountain Wilderness with Backcountry Horsemen and Friends of Nevada Wilderness just doing some trail work. People got out there, got their hands dirty, and had a great time. Yeah, that's awesome. And then you guys have a lot of events, though. That's what I was getting at when I, I gave you that terrible question, which like <laughs> no. threw you off. But what I was getting at is you do hold a lot of events in order to get people involved, raise awareness, and raise money. Correct. Okay. Yep. So on a monthly basis in Reno, the majority of our membership is in the west, northwestern part of the state. So monthly event in Reno is our um, pint night at Imbibe, uh, one of our state chapters, uh, chapter sponsors. And they, you know, it's just a, it can be a, anything from a small gathering of people just, you know, telling hunting stories after hunting season. Or it can be a large fundraiser or what we hope to do further this year is um, basically have theme pint nights where it's some type of seminar like how to backpack hunt, um, how to apply for tags, animal identification, things along that those lines. Very cool. So do you have any specific events coming up right now? Sure. So we have actually tomorrow our Nevada chapter annual meeting is at Imbibe. Uh, we have a social hour starting at 5 p.m. and uh, business will basically... Um, start around six we'll go over we'll uh, you know do some business but basically you know we want to take in feedback from membership and see what they want out of the chapter because ultimately the board and everyone serving on you know serving under the board is responsible to the membership and what they would like to do um on february 7th we're holding um a, a project upland film pu uh, public grouse at the university of nevada reno um, we also, in addition to the Nevada chapter, we have a you know, University of Nevada Reno chapter as well. Oh, so trying you do. to like a college chapter, a college chapter. That's so, really cool. So BHA has its has a to, uh, complete um, college program as well. So trying to raise funds for that chapter, get people involved, you know, that are currently students at the University of Nevada Reno, and then on March 6, we'll be doing a. Um, Film Fest event or uh, Public Landowner Film Fest, which is comprised of submissions from mostly individuals across the country. Um, great event. We're going to hold it at Taps and Tanks right over here, right off Longley, I believe. Um, and, you know, it'll kind of be a semi catered event. There'll be raffle prizes. We'll watch the film. We'll do some, um, you know, discussion, typically on policy. But that's what we have on the, the books so far. Lots of fun events. And where could people go, say they don't remember all those off the top of their heads? Um, do you guys have Facebook or website? Yep. Um, Definitely just check out our Facebook group or our Instagram page or just send us an email and we can get the event list out to you. Right on. Yeah, before we started recording, I was kind of poking fun that it always happens like around breweries or whiskey or beer or something like people kind of get lubed up and it's... Um, a way to kind of like gather and imbibe has been a great partner for for the Definitely. Reno. Yeah, we love them. They're yeah. awesome. Yeah, they're really awesome. Yep. And for those that don't have Facebook or Instagram, you can also just Google Backcountry Hunters and Anglers and that will direct you to yep. our main website. And then at the top navigation bar, you can click on 
events, and there'll be a big map of North America, essentially, and mm-hmm. they'll have a little pin where we have events within Nevada. Uh, so if you went there right now, there'd be a little pin near Reno with our uh, public grouse event. So you can also do that if you don't have social media. And, I mean, I hope people, even outside of Nevada, listen to this podcast. So maybe they'll hear it and they could head to that. That's a good resource for them to have. They could go to the map and check out events anywhere where they are in the country. Um, But that's probably a good stopping point for the first half of the podcast. So we will be right back after this short break. You're listening to Nevada Wild. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, leave us a review on iTunes and SoundCloud. For more information on hunting, fishing, boating, and all things wildlife, go to endow.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Nevada Wild. Today we have a few of the guys with backcountry hunters and anglers. Um, and we were talking about before the break all of the events you guys have going on, especially mm-hmm. we were focusing on Nevada. But during the break, you were saying a lot of these events that you guys have, this is all ideas from volunteers. So anyone could get involved. Anyone could share their ideas. Definitely. That's correct. And we have, you know, a couple things in the works, um, a hunter, like a first time hunter, uh, mentor program, um, you know, kick that around for a little bit. Um, and then with Endow and, uh, Nevada state parks where uh, it's in the works again, but it's, uh, like a gut and gill seminar. We'll, you know, partner with the department to, um, bring in fish, bring in birds, small game, and then probably some, uh, domestic livestock to basically show people who have never uh, field dressed an animal how to do it really and I mean that you know it, it can definitely be um, intimidating to do that by yourself um, but that's definitely one of the barriers to entry and another barrier to entry is you know the lack or the loss of um, public land and access to hunt and fish and that's one of the leading um, reasons for um, people stopping hunting and fishing. Exactly. And that's why um, 50% of what you guys do is these events. But then we also have Kevin here on the policy side of things. Not Kevin. (laughs) I just thought of that right as I said it. I was like, I looked down at my notes and I was like, this isn't Kevin. Now she's blushing. I am. I'm embarrassed. What is it again? Kyle. Kyle. Okay. (laughs) I am blushing. (laughs) Cut that out. Okay, so part of what you guys do, 50% of it is all these events that we've been talking about, where the other 50% is extremely important in Kyle, not Kevin, (laughs) like I said before. That's where you come into play here. Yeah, definitely. Um, So, yeah, thanks thanks again for having us here. Um, And David mentioned it, and it's a really important point, that one of the main reasons that people uh, stop hunting and fishing um, is uh, losing access to places to hunt and fish. And here in Nevada, we're so lucky that we have so much uh, public lands and access to our public lands, and that's a big part of what this organization is all about. Um, And a big part of what we do is advocacy because there are threats to, um, to our access to public lands. There are threats to 
um, to uh, conservation issues that um, where we might lose uh, important areas because of things that might be happening. And that's where uh, conservation and fighting for access is so important and why we do get involved uh, with federal agencies at the state legislature. Our national organization works a lot on uh, issues that come in front of Congress because the decisions that are made there, you know, have real impact on both the health of our wildlife species, the health of the habitat that they that they live in, uh, the access to our lands, and ultimately our ability to uh, hunt and fish. So that's why these things are so important and why a big part of what BHA does is getting involved in these issues. Exactly. And we're thankful, our agency, for a group like you who is out there promoting all of this and trying to make change. And um, could you actually talk about some of the victories you guys have had? Absolutely, yeah. And we've worked very closely with the Department of Wildlife and certainly appreciate um, everything that this agency does uh, to uh, for healthy wildlife populations uh, so that we can enjoy the things that we do enjoy. Uh, this last, here in Nevada, in our last legislative session, uh, we had a couple of different pieces of legislation that we were active in, in supporting uh, that were, that luckily were passed into law that I think are really important uh, for hunters and anglers. Uh, the first one would be um, AB 84, and this was the extension of our conservation bonds program. So in 2001, the Nevada voters approved uh, $200 million in bonding and bond funding over uh, 10 years. It actually took a lot longer than 10 years to actually get to the end of the uh, end of line due to the economic downturn in 2008, 2009. But that money went into things like acquisition of sensitive areas, uh, habitat improvement, and I know the Department of Wildlife got a good chunk of that to do some of the projects that um, that you guys do. Uh, but ultimately, we got to the end of that line, and there are still so many conservation needs that are out there. So in the 2019 session, the legislature passed and the governor signed an extension of that program that will uh, dedicate another 200 $117.5 million over the next 10 years uh, so that we can uh, make those investments in, in our wild places. The other thing that I'd highlight would be um, AB or SB 316, um, and this was a bill sponsored by uh, Senator Ira Hansen um, that had to do with access to public lands, where we think about um, the 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 various roads uh, that we see on BLM and Forest Service and how we access the areas that we hunt and fish. Um, but a lot of times in Nevada, uh, there, there may be cases where there's a vast expanse of uh, public lands, uh, but there's private lands really at the, um, at the area where you might be able to get in, and historic roads go over that area. Um, sometimes you may get an overzealous uh, private property owner that blocks that access, and they don't have the right to do that. And so what SB 316 did is it actually made that a crime in state law. It's already a crime under federal law, but it said under sta in state law, you are not allowed to illegally block access to public lands by blocking a road that is that uh, by law uh, the public has a right to, to use. Um, and we've already seen some success come from that. We've seen counties, you know, talk to landowners and say, this isn't something you're supposed to do, and the locks have come off the gates. Uh, we, of course, always encourage our membership and encourage all uh, Nevada sportsmen and women to respect private property um, and to certainly leave gates as you found them. But um, these access areas are so important to, to be able to access land that really belongs to all of us, our public lands. And so that was a really good, big thing to be able to pass last session that's helping more Nevadans access their public lands. That's huge that you guys are having. You guys are making a huge difference. Um, is there anything that you would 
ask your members to do to so where we could see more policies like this being passed? I think the biggest thing is just to pay attention and be aware. Um, you know, we're certainly active in these areas, and we try to keep our membership updated on what's going on, whether it's the state legislature, the state wildlife commission, um, with the federal agencies. So, um, becoming a part of you know a member of BHA really gives you access to this information that we try to you know we try to keep our members up to date on it. Um, obviously here in Nevada, we only have a legislative session every other year. So we're in the interim period right now. So that's not necessarily on the front burner right now, but that, that'll be here sooner than we think. So we're certain to, certainly already starting to think about like, are there things, are there problems that we're seeing out there? Are there other things we can do to help, you know, benefit our wildlife resources to enhance uh, opportunities for hunting and fishing in Nevada? So, um, you know, being a part of BHA is a big uh, a good way to stay in touch with that type of stuff. And again, it's a place for people to share their ideas, their concerns, um, and a way for them to get more involved. Absolutely. So that is very important. Yeah. And that's the, the biggest thing about BHA is we take a lot of our direction from our volunteers. And so if a volunteer sees a issue in their backyard and they contact us, we're definitely going to look into it, uh, whether that's a, a event-based thing or a policy-based thing. Obviously, we are on top of you know, what's happening in the, the legislation almost 24-7 when, when it's active, but we definitely take a lot of our direction from our volunteers and our volunteer base. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it's never too soon to start <laughs> thinking about the legislative session and start thinking about the concerns you have, the change that you want to see made. Absolutely. Uh, a lot of energy goes into even writing a, an op-ed and so the more capacity we have to kind of get that information out there into different media outlets and, and just spread information, uh, you know, many hands make light work, so to speak. And if it's just one person or two people within the state chapter doing that, it's, it very quickly turns into a full-time job uh, for that person. But if we have people located in Elko or down south in, in Vegas or Reno, and they just kind of take each piece of the pie in regards to keep an eye out on what's happening in their in their backyard uh, it makes us much more effective mm -hmm. it doesn't take too much to get involved and like you said it's you could it's whatever level you want to be so it's however much time you want to put into it absolutely and what I always tell the volunteers that come up to me is I will hear any idea that they have there's no bad idea in my book uh, my strategy has always been throw as many things at the wall and if it sticks, keep doing it. And if it doesn't, uh, we'll chalk it up to uh, a learning experience and move on. But there's uh, you'll rarely hear me say no to a, a volunteer event or idea that someone comes and talks to me about. And I'm always willing to, to see what works because with us being a fairly new organization, we don't have the, the recipe or the template. And we're always looking to, to tweak it a little bit here and there to, to improve ourselves. It's constant growing is what it sounds like, constant. You're just constantly trying to figure it out. Yeah, and with that strategy, there's going to be some, some growing pains here and there, but you know, I would rather have growing pains because we're moving so fast instead exactly. of vice versa. So I'll, I'll take that any day of the week. Right, and I cool. think uh, your kind of opinion or your uh, approach to like throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks is how we're going to land kind of on these cool events that people want to attend, right? And so... We're going to do that one, I think, well, we're trying to pull together the, the what we're calling the gut and gill, but mm -hmm. it's basically 
breaking down the barriers to getting into hunting and fishing and mm-hmm. making sure people are comfortable out in the backcountry. And um, I think it's going to be very popular. Yep. Um, everything okay. that I've seen and heard from, you know, so m- this is in my wheelhouse as far as like hunter education and kids coming out of hunter education. Are, and now we have way more adults taking hunter ed than we've ever had. Um, yeah. And and I think the reason those types of programs are successful, because I'm a hunter ed instructor also, and really the only thing that we need to get the point across in those classes is gun safety and, and safety in general. But we kind of missed the boat on, you know, step by step on what to do when something's on the ground. For sure. I know when I took the class how many years ago, I won't say, but it was literally a chapter with cartoon pictures of deer on how to process a deer. And it is a lot more involved than just looking at a couple pictures of a cartoon deer to actually getting there and, and getting your hands dirty. So that's what we are trying to provide are you know anyone interested not just our members it's going to be open to to anyone who's willing to come down and and learn something but that's that's really where we're trying to lessen the gap so to speak from that hunter ed class where you're taught gun safety to some of the skills that you really need to know when you're out there right yeah for us we kind of split it we have what we call basic hunter ed and then california is the same way basic hunter ed and then advanced hunter ed so basic hunter ed is everything in the classroom advanced hunter is everything else all, and what I like to say is it's it's all the fun stuff. It's all the cool parts about being a hunter and, you know, learning how to pack your backpack so your back doesn't hurt at the end of the day and packing out meat and mm-hmm. um, cleaning your animal, making sure your meat's all good, right? That yep. That's all the fun stuff for me. How to set up a shelter or where to set up a shelter in the backcountry, too. It's, you know, all important. Some of it's extremely important for, you know, surviving a storm or weathering whatever. But, you know, and then if people are on the fence of – you know, applying for tags or taking hunter's edge or something, they can come to the seminar and just see, you know, if they're comfortable with breaking down animal, whether it's a duck or a pheasant or a, you know, we'll have, you know, probably sheep. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so for, I mean, those people, they want to be, you know, when they knock something down, they want to make sure that it doesn't get wasted. That was always the biggest thing is if you're going to take an animal's life, then I want to make the most of it. Exactly. And so keep make sure the meat's all good. Make sure if it's a, I mean, every animal is a trophy, but if it is something you want to take care of that you don't ruin it by accident. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are always popular. They're always popular. And I think uh, the events that we're going to come up with and kind of brainstorm over the next while is going to be, they're going to be pretty cool. Um, I think uh, the membership of BHA is very diverse. It's not everybody doesn't look the same, and, and we're going to be able to pull all those groups in. and Exactly. So. Very yeah. cool. Well, oh, were you going to say something? No, I was just going to kind of give a quick rundown of our, our demographics within our map, yeah. uh, membership uh, nationwide. Uh, we I think the last survey we did, we are 60% of us are under 45 years old, and so we are the, the youthful hunting and fishing organization out there right now. Uh, you know, politically, we're we're right down the middle, so to speak, and a lot of us are, you know, new new hunters and new anglers, just trying to to get information in a, a way that's not in, intimidating or really threatening. And then we have some veterans. You know, I'm, I think this is going to be my 22nd year hunting and fishing, but you know, I wish I had some of these classes that I could attend when I was. 
16, 17, just, just coming out. I know when I shot my first deer, I went down to a VHS store and rented Butchering Deer 101 <laughs> and played half of it in my living room, pressed pause, ran out to my garage, did that part, ran back in, pressed play until the next process. And so, you know, I think these, these programs, what BHA are, are trying to do within Nevada are, are going to be very helpful for a lot of people. Yeah. I agree, and I'm very happy you guys were able to make it in today. We appreciate having you. We're already out of time, yeah, so thanks I feel for like we could have kept talking. We'll so. have to do a second one. Yeah, we I will. Think, uh, we will. We'll get you guys back in here. I think maybe once we get closer to uh, like tag application time or something like that, maybe we'll see if we can squeeze another one in or something. Sounds good. Exactly. Yeah. And Thank then you guys. One more time, what is your website so people could head there? It's just backcountryhunters.org. Perfect. Well, thank you again, and thank you, everyone, for listening. That does it for this week's Nevada Wild. Join us again next week for our next adventure, Nevada Wild. It's a production of the Nevada Department of Wildlife.